0: the haunted angle for podcast i'm louie and as always i'm joined by my bud dave hey so dave so lou it's a new year 2021 let's uh let's wish the the listeners a happy new year happy new year everybody and you know we want to we want to look at last year and just just leave that shit behind us because 2020 was a rough year for everyone
1: mm-hmm.
0: on to uh onto bigger and better things absolutely i'm knocking on wood for everybody Knock on wood, knock on wood. That this year is is just is just awesome and amazing.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: And the past about month and a half, right, Dave? We've been covering a lot of holiday, Christmas, Thanksgiving topics and films. Uh, we, we talked about thanks killing. Sure did. We talked about our favorite Santa Clauses. Punish. <laughs> Punish. Silent Night, Deadly Night. That was Dave's choice. And uh, you know, since it's a new year, we thought. Let's get back into, into what Haunted Hangover is about. And that's Halloween. Spooky shit. Ooh, whoa! <laughs> and, you know, it's January. And, and we thought it would be fun to, you know, take this month and cover some of our favorite Halloween themed animated specials. And there's, there's a lot. And I think we're going to cover some, some deep cut stuff. And some stuff that people probably know about. So it'll be a good balance. This month, there's, there's three episodes of the Haunted Hangover podcast this month. So it'll be three episodes full of animated Halloween goodness. And we're going to start with the 2014 miniseries, Over the Garden Wall. I'm Wirt, and this is Gregory.
1: And that's a horse. That's great. But who are you?
0: I'm Wirt. I'm just a, a guy, I, I guess. Um,
1: wh- what do you mean? Well, he's the butcher. I'm the butcher. The baker. Yeah! The midwife. <laughs> the master and apprentice. The tailor. <laughs> and I'm the tavern keeper. Who are you? I'm hungry. So Over the Garden Wall is a show that I brought up to Louie and I've been wanting to cover for a while. He has? Um. <laughs> spoiler alert ahead. This does have to do with Halloween because I have never heard anybody talk about this in like Halloween threads. I've never heard it mentioned. As far as, as, as far as my knowledge is, that this show has never been mentioned amongst Halloween people. So, Over the Garden Wall is created by Patrick McHale, who is also the creator of Adventure Time. And it's based off his short cartoon, Tomb of the Unknown. It aired on Cartoon Network from November 3rd through November 7th as a special event miniseries. The show is broken down into 10 chapters that have run about 10 to 11 and a half minutes long, I would say. And it's a very easy and quick binge the way the way they do it. So if you want to watch one or two episodes or even three and then stop and come back to it, it's it's easily done. Like you can remember where you're at it it
0: they end the 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 way it's done is just it, it it's perfect. it's almost like a movie like you could easily they could have easily cut these all together and it would have been flawless because it they they they, they don't really end on cliffhangers they kind of just end on fade out like it just fades out and it could have easily just fade right into the next chapter if it were a movie because I think all altogether all ten chapters are about two hours so it's it's almost a feature-length film.
1: And I'm sure the, the the way it was, like, it's, like, initial creation was probably meant to be one giant thing. But I like that it's... Like a movie. Exactly. I like that it's broken down into ten chapters. Me too. So the way that I found out about this was through an ex of mine. And at the time when she asked me, have you seen it, I, I didn't know what it was. And um, I had thought it's been out for a while. So literally... I started dating my ex at that time in 2014 at the end of November. So it just, it just had just aired. So I, you know, I, you know, I, I saw it and I, I, just fell in love with it. You know, I, I feel, I feel it's a timeless classic animation that will stand the test of time. I mean, I really, I really do think that this is something that will really hold up
0: 10 years later. I totally agree. And I'm, I'm surprised that more people like there's not more merch i know you have a lot of merch for the show it does exist (laughs) but i'm just surprised i don't see more people talking about it like it's like for instance here's an example nightmare before christmas and i get it that's a little more commercial and that's like i guess it's easier to market towards children and adults but i'm just surprised that this show doesn't have more of a presence like online in like with t-shirt companies and toy companies and things like that it does exist because again i I know you have a lot of stuff but i'm just surprised it's shocking that it's not more popular i know adventure time which which this guy patrick uh, mccall also created is super popular like adventure time you see merch everywhere you go to the comic con there's people dressed up as the characters and 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 they saw little pop those little pop things and they sell toys and, there's and games, all that shit there's video games, there's a yeah. whole bunch of shit. So I'm surprised this didn't pick up more, more steam.
1: Right. And that's why I brought it up to you was that for me personally, I, I, I don't know anybody that ever associates this with Halloween. And now you telling me that you've read articles about it, that makes me happy because again, I, as far as I was concerned, nobody talks about it. it it's, it's never really brought up. In the Halloween world.
0: It's definitely a deep cut. It's definitely something, it's it's not a go-to people watch during the ho- like Halloween season. Right, exa- exactly. And like you were saying, I own enamel pins,
1: I own I have the score on vinyl, which is amazing, which is composed by the blasting company. Um I bought it digitally off of iTunes, the whole series, and
0: I own it physically.
1: I truly love this show.
0: Yeah, so there's enough there's enough of a following for them to create all this stuff that people will buy that are fans of the show. Sure, and it's just it's just weird that I never I didn't even know it existed. It's, it it kind of blows my mind that I'm just now like watching this for the podcast. Like it's 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 kind of crazy. But but Dave, let's let's uh let's go into the plot sure. of the show a little bit now. Now, usually when we cover a movie. Or a, you know, we've covered Halloween specials or episodes specifically of other shows. We kind of break down the entire show. But with Over the Garden Wall, there's a lot of moving parts. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on in the show. Yes, there is. Um, but I'll give you a, a, a basic plot outline of what, basically a synopsis I created after watching it. And then what we'll do is we're going to talk about our two favorite episodes and some of the things that we think influenced it and kind of just just some of our favorite parts about it. So the basic plot of the show is these two half brothers, Wirt, who's voiced by Elijah Wood, uh, he's the older brother. He's in high school, I believe. And Greg is the younger brother. He's maybe... I took him at like eight or nine years old. He's like a little guy.
1: Yeah, he's young. Because
0: the, the voice actor, I don't have his name here in my notes, but he you can tell he's a young kid. Um, the two stumble, kind of, into this mysterious fantasy world full of strange creatures, people, and like a lot of talking animals. So it's just kind of like a... Gr- like just weird, trippy shit. It definitely is. You know, it is Cartoon Network. And you could tell that, you know, if you've watched Cartoon Network or Adult Swim, which this did not air on Adult Swim, you know they kind of add weird stuff to some of these shows. And basically, these kids are in this strange world, and they want to go back home. Right. The, the, the easiest thing I can compare it to, the first thing that comes to mind, is The Wizard of Oz. Because in that movie, you had Dorothy who I believe gets into an argument with her
1: aunt. Her aunt.
0: She runs off. She talks to like a fortune teller. A tornado comes. She hits her head, wakes up in Oz, meets a bunch of characters, and has to find her way home. That's basically what this this miniseries is. But obviously... It's very different because this is a, an original creation. But I, I could see Patrick McCall, 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 right? I'm pronouncing his name right. McCall. I think it's McHale. McHale. I could see him using the Wizard of Oz as an inspiration because it's, it's a little obvious.
1: I, I do want to say it's definitely an adult cartoon. Mass is a children's show, which I think a lot of
0: cartoons are now, which is great. I do love that. Oh, de- definitely, dude. Uh, if you're nine years old or eight you're years gonna old, you're probably going to get bored with this. You know what's my best thing? You know what's a good example I could think of? So, Pixar just released that movie, Soul, right? Okay. And it's an animated film. But if you watch it with like a seven or eight year old, they get very bored. I watched it with my girlfriends, nieces, and nephews, and they were bored. They just wanted to play with their Christmas toys. They did not, their presents, I mean, that's they, fair. they had no interest because it went over their head. So over the garden wall kind of fits that bill. Like it, it's the same. It's 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 geared towards adults, I guess. A kid, if if you like weird characters and, and stuff, and there is some singing in this, that that a kid can maybe it can grab their attention. But I can see a I can see a, a kid quickly just getting bored with this and wanted to go watch something else or or, just not understanding or yeah. Or like play with toys or something like that, or go play with their like iPad or some shit and like not, not watch, not watch over the garden wall or just,
1: or just be like, what the fuck is going on?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, so let's, let's, let's talk about some, some stuff that happens briefly. And then we'll go into our two episodes. So, so these two brothers, you know, again, they're trying to find their way home and, Another movie this kind of reminded me of was the Neverending Story with the Nothing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I didn't make that connection.
0: But instead of it being the Nothing, the you know the villain of this is a guy called the Beast, <laughs> and you know again he's he's kind of looming over them throughout the entire the entire um, mini series on their journey, and they meet. You know, similar to, like I said, Wizard of Oz, they meet a, a, a blue jay named Beatrice, mm-hmm. who, who was once human, but was cursed, her and her family, and turned into these birds, basically.
1: Because, because she, stole, she stole a pair of scissors? Was that what... Uh, yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I believe it was a pair of scissors and, something and, else. and this witch turned her into a blue jay along with her family. So they meet her and she kind of helps them along the way. Like she's, she's going to kind of guiding them through. They also meet this woodsman who you think is a bad guy, but in actuality, he's trying to help them. Yeah, <laughs> He's, he's not a bad guy. And you kind of learn more about him throughout the episode. You learn that he's alone and the beast is using him to, to kind of, keep the he keeps the beast alive by using this lantern that has a flame inside and he tells the woodsman that inside this flame is his daughter's soul so he's bullshitting the woodsman.
1: <laughs> the beast is kind of facilitating the woodsman to keep this lore up in this
0: world that Beatrice War and Greg are in you, you you're watching this and you're watching their journey they they meet a bunch of characters you know Greg has this frog. That he constantly is naming throughout the entire. That's kind of a running gag throughout the entire miniseries. He keeps naming it different things. And it's kind of really funny. Because it's like I think one time he calls him George Washington. One time he calls him. He calls him Wirt. He names him Wirt Jr. He names him after his own brother. <laughs> you
1: know he's pretty much. He's pretty much the comedic relief. In the, uh, in, in the show. And all of his shit is funny. The rock facts, the candy camouflage, the candy trails. He, the, the kid is hysterical.
0: He is. He, he's, he is literally the the light at the end of the tunnel. Because everyone, for the most part, when you watch this, even the colors of the show are very bleak, very dark, oh, yeah. black, gray, heavy browns, oranges. Very kind of just a little depressing. And he's like just the only happy person that doesn't even care he's in another world right now full of monsters like it doesn't really ever phase him and he just he's very loves innocent. he's innocent and he loves his brother so you know kind of cutting through the shit to kind of move on throughout throughout all these episodes you know again they meet a bunch of different characters and and it's almost like a show every every chapter is self-contained they kind of have a little mission to complete Or something that's a piece of the puzzle to get them home. Now, at the end of of the miniseries, we learn that Wirt has a crush on a girl at school. Sarah. And Sarah, yes. And he creates like this cassette mixtape for her, which I thought was really funny. Because I'm assuming these kids are in 2014. I don't think kids had cassette players in 2014. I don't think that was a trendy thing yet. It's trendy now, but I don't think it was trendy a few years ago. And... He's obviously very shy. He's embarrassed, and he goes out. I forget why he's grumpy, but like Greg constantly goes out with him, and he's happy and he's chipper. And 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 I want to talk about their costumes for a minute. What exactly is Wirt dressed as? Is he? <laughs> you
1: know, I have no idea. I know it's like it, I don't even think he knows because because one of the girls says to him, "What are you supposed to be a gnome?" And he's just kind of like, "I don't know." And just a touch on on personality. I mean, he's like an angsty teenager. Of course, he's moody. You know, it's that that's his shtick.
0: Yeah, and and Greg is dressed up as an elephant.
1: It's amazing. (laughs) And
0: all he's wearing is a tea kettle on his head, and like like like
1: overalls (laughs) and like socks.
0: Yeah. And these and they're wearing these outfits the entire the entire miniseries. They're just wearing these costumes. They're, wearing, they're basically wearing their Halloween costumes. And, you know, so you. So you've, again, you find out he created this mixtape. He wanted to share it with this girl. You know, the girl, I think, is going to a Halloween party. He goes to the Halloween party. Greg, obviously, his little brother tags along. Uh, Greg just wants to go frog hunting. And Wirt just kind of brushes him off. He's like, fuck you. We're not doing that. You know, I'm more worried about this girl. Because I think Greg gives her the tape, right? He does. He gives... He gives Sarah's friends the And they tape. put it in her jacket pocket and they put it in her jacket pocket kind of to fuck with work to mess with them because they're like, oh, you like you like Sarah. Ooh, that type of situation <laughs> where they're kind of teasing him and they kind of want her to find out to embarrass him. Exactly. So I think Sarah, yeah, Sarah is at a Halloween party. Wirt and Greg go there. Sarah invites him out to hang out in the cemetery and they they go to the cemetery. Wirt I think turns her down. He's like, no, no, no. He tries to take the tape out of her jacket. He fails. Greg and Wirt go to the cemetery, and I think cop, yeah, cops show up, and they all run off, and they eventually hop this like wall. It's in the title of the of the of the yep. miniseries, and stumble onto the. I think he, yeah, he sees Sarah. Look at the tape. Finally, he falls over the wall with Greg. They fall on some train tracks. Uh, they have a little bickering argument. And Greg finds a frog. The train's coming. They they jump out of the way, go into a lake, and go unconscious. And that's how they end up in the earlier. Unknown. You, you, it, it literally jump, jumps to him being in the unknown.
1: So when you're watching this, this series, the costumes that they're wearing 100% fit into the world of the unknown so you think that they're just in that world like that's the world that they were you know created in and the way the very first episode opens up they give it to you they, they're letting you know what's going on but again you don't know what's going on but when you watch the you know when you get to the fin- you know, finally when you get to the end you realize holy fuck they literally just opened up with what happened to them which is amazing to me i've
0: always loved stuff like that where things are handed to you
1: immediately, but you have no
0: idea. It's one of those shows that one of those it's not really a show, it's a mini-series, but if you were to watch it back a second time, you pick up on a lot of stuff that you didn't notice the first time you watched it, you know? And again, we're not gonna go into too much of the ending because we do want people to watch this because it's a deep cut and not a lot of people talk about it. But what I did wanna get into, Dave, is is two episodes specifically, and I just I just talked about one of them, episode nine, uh, and I want you to talk about why episode nine is your favorite episode.
1: Okay, so episode nine, "Into the Unknown," woo, is one of my favorite things ever. So, this entry in the series is one of my favorite depictions of Halloween. There is when you finally realize Wert and Greg are basically dying. And it's just been this giant dream. And I'm getting chills talking about it right now. Like, it's it's crazy. It's just like, holy fuck. And when I figured it out, even before I saw this, is because the entire show is very dreamlike. Everything about it. And this is going to sound a little cliche. I write a lot of my music. It's it's a lot of it's based off of dreams I've had, so I was able to identify and relate to these because I've seen this stuff in my dreams. You know what I'm saying? Like these atmospheres, these worlds.
0: No, of course.
1: I was like, this is like a dream. And when I told and when I told my ex at that time, she was like, "How'd you figure it out already?" I'm like, "I've been here." (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like this is very familiar to me. You know, it it's just. It, it, it just the whole thing is just very chilling so like I said with the depiction of Halloween I mean you got these kids you got these teenagers that are he's making the girl he likes a mixtape uh you know he's you could tell that he's this moody teen and S- Sarah's uh I, she's supposed to be like a skeleton clown or something like I loved her costume you know like the entire way like the way like the the neighborhood is set up like all the jack-o-lanterns all the attention to detail and everything and even in even in the like in the unknown every blade of grass every leaf every background animation it's just so well done <laughs> the the halloween party that they go to there's like this new wave pop song playing it's it's so good <laughs> i was about
0: to say yeah it's amazing it's so good
1: and the kids go into a graveyard to tell ghost stories. I,
0: I feel like... I agree with you. I think I think that episode, episode 9, um, Into the Unknown, that episode makes this a Halloween-themed special. Or it's a miniseries. For sure. But it makes it because it's set on a Halloween. Whole th- technically. T-
1: technically, the, whole, the <laughs> entire thing is
0: set on Halloween. But... <laughs> But the unknown, the the world that they enter is very autumn feeling. Oh, for sure. There are a lot of a lot of warm colors, a lot of browns, a lot of oranges. You know, it it at certain times, and when I get to my favorite episode, it's very, very autumn, autumn and and, and fall and, and kind of Halloween. Um, but you, it it does feel like it, I, it even feels a little Thanksgiving. That's what I'm saying. Like the, I think one of the early things he sees is like a random Turkey slam its (laughs) head into a table or something like that. And like it does, it just feels like the autumn. And, And that's what I think it's got going for it. First and foremost, it does feel like that time of the year. And, and going into your favorite episode, Into the Unknown, you're right, like the cemetery, the entire setup of him being in his room, him making his costume, him with the mixtape, you know, and then him on this little adventure with his annoying brother that I found odd. He wasn't taking his brother trick or treating. They do mention that he got a bunch of candy, but they never show it
1: for helping a neighbor
0: <laughs> yeah from a neighbor from a woman and i think he stole like her little rock or something too
1: well he, he helped a woman rake leaves and then she gave him candy and he's like greg it's halloween candy's free yeah something that i wanted to add was so when you're watching this series and then once you get to episode nine into the unknown you're just like it just hits you you're just like holy fuck this is this is not <laughs> what the fuck is going on you know what I'm saying? Like they just throw it at you, which I think is very effective.
0: No, yeah, like like I said before, I feel like uh, uh, like if you watch this a second time, knowing, like knowing the ending, knowing that they're just unconscious in a lake, like you'll pick up on all these little subtle details throughout. Dude. Like I watched it, I watched it once straight through, and I put it on again to take some notes, and I was like, oh, oh, like I ne- I noticed little mm-hmm. foreshadowing. The stuff that's gonna happen later. Exactly, and the other thing that I wanted to add is that
1: I haven't seen this since since it since I saw it in 2014. This was my first rewatch, mm. fucking almost seven years oh, ago wow. now. So
0: surprised you don't watch it every year. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, well, I, I'm I'm going to start to. Oh, pardon me there. Say, you folks ought to don your vegetables and celebrate the harvest with us. Uh oh, you're wearing costumes. Well, sure. Pumpkins can't move on their own, can they? Mm. <laughs>
0: No, yeah, no. Good thing I didn't take this off.
1: You guys find this place as creepy as I do, right?
0: So it's some kind of weird cult where they wear vegetable costumes and dance around a big thing. They seem nice enough.
1: Okay, you're in denial, that's fine. But I'm just saying, <laughs> something feels off about
0: this place. So so my my favorite episode is chapter two, and that's called Hard Times at the Huskin Bee. So in this episode, uh, the boys and the talking blue jay, uh, Beatrice, Beatrice uh, they de- at this point they had just met her, and I think she like decides to team up with them, and she's got her own little scheme going on that you find out about later, but you know she's like I'll tag along and I'll help you guys you know travel across this world, and I think she explains to them that she knows a woman that might be able to help them a woman named Adelaide yep and she could help them get back home so in the process the the four of them because there's also the frog stumble across this like deserted town called Pottsfield and it basically looks like there's no one living there it looks completely empty and it's like a farm you see a barn hay there's pumpkins Everywhere. So, like I said before, just looking at these, just these images, very autumn, very Halloween. The
1: best part is when they're just so you, they're walking, and as they're entering the town, there's no pumpkins on the road, and then suddenly they're just stepping, they're just stepping in pumpkins, which is which is hilarious.
0: Yeah, they just I ran I think uh Greg steps in one and like gets stuck on his leg. So so they end up walking towards the the barn, and they enter. And they discover that the townspeople, who are all dressed like living jack-o'-lanterns. I even think at one point, Greg and and, and Wirt think that they're just like living jack-o'-lanterns. Yep. But they, they tell the people, no, we're wearing costumes. And it's their annual harvest. And it kind of reminded me of the Wicker Man a little bit. Okay. Like they're running around in circles, dancing. It, it, it had to be an influence. The Wicker Man had to be an influence on this episode I I think and what ends up happening is I guess like the master the head guy running the uh the harvest you know their their little event tells them you've disturbed our harvest and that they have to be sentenced to something so they're basically in in, in deep shit like you guys you guys messed up you messed up our event and the sentencing is just doing some manual labor. <laughs> and there's even a line where I think Wert is like, really? That's it? Like, oh, okay, fine. We can do some manual and they're labor. they're happy. They're like yeah. super happy doing it too. They're like, oh, okay. So I think they ship Yeah, they ship them out to the back and they have them digging up holes in the ground. And what ends up happening is you end up finding out that and this is how I took it. The town, no one's alive. Because you find out that underneath those jack-o'-lantern costumes are just skeletons that's what that's how i took it and that they're digging up the corpses of of the people that live in the town and are going to dress up as pumpkins and jack-o'-lanterns and stuff so i thought that was a really interesting just little side story in the miniseries because it doesn't really play into the overall arc no of of the boys wanting to get back home it's just a little it's a little side mission
1: right and, and it goes back to and it goes back to what i was saying about the real world bleeding into the unknown because it's halloween time so that's you know that's definitely why
0: that's there and and the pumpkins the the jack-o'-lantern faces look like nostalgic mm-hmm. like Beastle, the beastel um decorations like very old school like 60s halloween style decorations that's obvious i think that's what they did that has to be what they designed this these townspeople after the the entire show
1: is is a real big homage to the old you know the old ways of cartoons and
0: you know that classic style of cartoons which is great and so for me again this episode just i feel like watching this episode and your episode uh, chapter nine and chapter two these two episodes are very are probably the most Halloween of the series
1: oh absolutely
0: and and I do like how you know the the hard times that had a Huskin B is chapter 2 very early in the series and then into the unknown is episode 9 chapter 9 much later but they were able to kind of bookend it with very Halloween centric stories even though one of them is kind of a side mission and the other one reveals what's really going on with these two boys welcome home auntie your honor
1: my sweet child hmm has anyone come here today nay auntie not a soul
0: then no one shall be devoured alive tonight
1: nay i pray not mum devoured alive
0: you're a good girl, Lorna, but you deceive me. I speak the truth, Auntie. I swear. Deceive me not, child. I can smell them. I can smell the children in this house. I, I, I want to talk about uh, one other aspect of this um, that I really, really liked, and that's uh, in episode, I believe it's chapter seven. It's called the that chapter's called the ringing of the bell. The boys are introduced to this character named Auntie Whispers, who's voiced by Tim Curry. So good, you know everyone else Tim Curry. Yeah, Rocky Horror Picture Show and
1: dude the entire the entire voice cast, you know the voice actors is just great. You you know, I, I, uh, Chris Isaac also is a voice actor. The dude from Reno 911 who plays Lieutenant Dangle is one melanie linsky is another one who does beatrice it, the whole thing is just no it it's is it
0: superbly is. done and yeah you meet you know you meet auntie whispers and they meet this other um character named uh, lorna and you learn and i just want to describe auntie whispers she's very large has like rotted black teeth and she's dirty she has like this like mud all underneath her like I guess it's like a dress or something. She's wearing hood. Yeah. And she's huge with giant like eyes. And just it's kind of skeevy looking. So when you see her. You're like oh man. This is like an evil person. But there's a little twist. And I don't want to give it away here. In that episode that I loved. Between Lorna and Auntie Whispers. And the boys. And between um Wirt and, G- and Greg. Just kind of that whole interaction. And that to me was a twist that I didn't see coming watching it. Because you meet Auntie Whispers and you're like, oh man, they're in trouble. She's going to eat them. Because yeah. she's insinuating, devouring. And she she's even, very intimidating looking. Yeah, she, very intimidating. There's even a point where uh, Wirt and Greg are hiding in like a barrel of turtles. These like little black <laughs> turtles that you constantly see pop up in the entire series. Yep, And she eats one of them. So you're just like, oh man, I just I hope they don't, you know, she doesn't find them, you know, it's just, she's so, she looks scarier than most of the other villains they meet throughout the, throughout the series, and I just thought that episode, that character was very well executed, and it's very horrific, it's a very like horror-y type episode, and I loved it, and again, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil what happens in, in chapter seven, but I didn't see it coming, and I don't think most people will. Like, when they watch it, I don't think most people will see it coming. That's just me. Did you see it coming? No, probably not. And you know what?
1: Speaking of turtles, in Episode 3, School Town Follies, there's a scene where Greg is talking to, like, the animals next to, like, a lake. Yeah. And one of them is a little raccoon and, like, a little, little hat and overalls. Yeah. And as Greg is talking to them, and like, it doesn't even look like they're paying attention to Greg they're just sitting next to him yeah. I think it's a turtle or it's a bug or something like a little yeah. turtle just kind of walks by and the <laughs> raccoon just picks it up and throws it and it's, <laughs> it's so
0: stupid But there's it's, a lot of random laugh. shit like that there's so much random shit like that I feel like the, like the entire episode, like if you smoke weed or you, you take hallucinogens and you watch this you'll fucking love it oh it's a lot trippy of- yeah, it's and, trippy. And, you know, like there's trippy just a lot well. of
1: quirkiness to it. You know the potatoes and the uh, potatoes and molasses song, um, the whole scene where they say there's a gorilla that's terrorizing the you know the the little village and it's just somebody dressed up in the costume. And then there's a scene where these squirrels are just beating the shit out of the gorilla head. Like it's there's just so many little things on top of already how good this is that it's just it's, it's hysterical. Like it's it's equally funny equally dark and it's equally scary and it's like you know it just goes to the writing the writing is just so well done oh potatoes and molasses if you want some just ask us, they're warm and soft like puppies and socks, filled with cream and candy rocks. Oh, potatoes and molasses. They're so much sweeter than algebra class. If your stomach is grumbling and your mouth starts mumbling, there's only one thing to keep your brain from crumbling. Oh, potatoes and molasses. So I've been fawning over this entire series the entire time we've been recording. Louie? I know you have a maybe one or two cons <laughs> about
0: this. It's funny because usually when we review something or we talk about something—a movie or a show—we always like you know we, we like to do like one or two cons at the end, you know. Um, and I and it's funny when I was texting you and we were kind of just going back and forth about some stuff. You were like, "Lou, I have zero cons when it comes to <laughs> comes to over the garden wall." I have none. I have nothing. It's one of my favorite things in the world. So my only two cons are these. I'm not going to go into the ending and, and what happens in the final episode and how they how they get back home. I felt it was a little convoluted and there were a lot of small details you could miss upon first viewing. Like I watched this once and I was like, "Okay, okay. Huh?" All right, like you know, like I I I understood. Did you how... do that in that order? Did you say it in that order? Yes, <laughs> yes, just like that. Like there was just some stuff where I was like, it's I I it was a little lost. Like I, I got it, but at the same time I was like, really? I'd missed that earlier. And then when I put it on a second time, but again I didn't pay attention as much because I was taking my notes and just writing stuff for, before we recorded. Um, I picked up on stuff and I understood it better. So again, it's better. It's better on a second viewing. Yeah. But I just thought the ending was a little contrived, just a little a little too much in 11 minutes. I feel like they maybe could have worked it and I know they do. They do talk about certain details and how to get back home and what Beatrice did and how she, you know, is involved with all of this, you know? But there was just small little things. Like I'll say one thing to you that Felt more important than it, than it actually was. But I don't think it actually was as important. But they make it seem like it was. Was the rock that he stole. Yeah. Like it's played up. He's like return it to her, her, her yard or whatever. Her garden. And I was like wait. Are they just joking around? Or was that actually important? Because he does show it earlier in the series. So stuff like that was just... I was a little iffy on, I was like, okay, what's more, what's more important in, in actuality, the most important parts are work, Greg, the beast, the woodsman, and Beatrice, the blue jay. Those are the most important things, but there are small details that help them or like the beast needs this. They need this. Beatrice needs this. The woodsman needs this. And that's what I'm talking about. It was a little convoluted. You get where I'm coming from.
1: You know, I, I definitely know what you're saying. And I think what's funny is that it really is all based off of perspective. So while watching this, to me, that stuff really wasn't that important. What was most important to me was that these two kids are just basically fucking dying. (laughs) And this was that, you know, this was what was going through their heads as they were essentially going to fucking pass on. And then they just they didn't die. You know what I mean? So so like. The, like the returning of a rock or you know what beatrice did i i almost took that all as just what was happening in a dream because sometimes you can't make sense of what happens in a dream
0: do you know which what I is mean? a good way of looking at it that's a, that's definitely a good way of looking at it but just again just watching it and just going like okay i get it you can they could have i feel like they could have simplified it a little more or you know what they could have made the ending maybe 20
1: minutes it probably wouldn't have been a big you know what i'm saying to maybe tack on another 10 minutes but you know what I think I think for me this thing was handled like insanely well. Um, I know I had mentioned earlier that I thought the atmosphere was incredible because it is. Um, I think overall the animation is beautiful the colors are great, the character design, the background animations the entire world of the unknown is otherworldly and perfect. This show really creates its own world while staying original and unique. The atmosphere is some of the best I've seen put to screen and in a cartoon. I mean, every candle, every
0: tree, it's its its so good. And there is, there is like, you know, and, and I'm glad we're kind of avoiding it, even though we kind of gave away the ending that they're unconscious, but how do they get back home? We're not telling people that. And that's the specific moment I feel like could have been simplified a little bit. And maybe when people watch it, maybe we'll get feedback. They're like, you know what? I understood it, Lou, I agree. But, my second thing, and this is just a nitpick, a personal preference, is if I, if I, w- if, if it's October 15th, middle of the month, prime Halloween time, fucking jack-o'-lanterns on the table, you know, they're playing horror movies on the TV, I'll be 100% honest, and I don't know if Dave's gonna like this, I don't know if this is something I would recommend to a Halloween lover for the month. Not that I would not recommend, I would recommend this to anybody to watch. If you like animation, you like, you know, a good story, you like good animation, it's great. But while watching it, and again, that's upon, this is, this is my initial going in blind, my initial viewing of Over the Garden Wall. I did not feel like it was Halloween at certain times. Now, episode two, which was my favorite, episode 9, which was your favorite, are the most... They're filled with Halloween pumpkins and costumes and the atmosphere and all that stuff. But the rest of it doesn't. It feels more of like a fantasy film. So I feel like if someone was like, hey, recommend me a good animated you know, film or series or special for October, I don't feel like this is it. Like we're, there's another... Another special I'd recommend that I don't want to talk about now because we're going to be covering it soon, but it wouldn't be my first choice because I feel like the, you know, out of the 10, only two of them are actually Halloween centric.
1: Right. And it's funny. And again, it goes back to perspective where for me, because this, because when you find out that it takes, this whole thing is taking place on Halloween night. For me, that's enough to consider this a Halloween-centric show. You know what I mean? For I, I, I would personally tell anybody to add this t- to your to your watch list for October. That's
0: just me, though. Yeah, again, it's subjective, dude. It's it's it, right. in the end, it's like you think it's a beautiful animated series and it's very well made. Again, I I did enjoy it, but it again, it wouldn't be the first thing on my watch in October halloween list like there are there are other things that come to mind before this that's fair you know and it, and it's it's very atmospheric but it's to me it's it's atmospheric in a different way
1: yeah well that's why i mentioned it a bunch of times it's just it really is atmospheric it's super it heavy is. on the atmosphere
0: but but is it like there's an episode where you go into greg's dream nothing about that episode screams halloween to me
1: no, and you know what's funny, I actually did make a note about that episode, and it was just, um, like, when he actually goes to Cloud City, as it's called, that if you look at the background animations, again, I keep talking about the background animations, because, again, it's these this atmosphere that they create is just, like, even just as good as, like, a real movie. And you watch it, and, you, and I'm looking at it, and I'm, I'm paying attention to the background, I'm like, holy shit, I love the way that was drawn.
0: Um, yeah, it's, it's well crafted, dude. It's a, it's well made. It's, again, it's just
1: it does nothing to do with Halloween. You, I, I definitely agree with you.
0: There's zero Halloween in it. So it's kind of like if I re- imagine you recommend this to someone that loves Halloween and they love pumpkins, someone like us who loves Halloween. And again, again, subjective. But there might be someone that wants Halloween decor in every frame, wants you know spooky music, or wants trick or treaters in a lot of the shots. Something that's Halloween. 100%. For me, this would not be high on the list. Would I recommend it? You want to watch something different on Halloween that's Halloween themed? I'd recommend this if you want something very different. Now, if you want something that, again, just you feel like you're in the mood, you feel like it's autumn, it's a chilly outside. You want to feel like it's that time of the year. I don't know if I don't know if I'd choose this, man. I don't know. I would want to recommend this to anybody
1: as 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 far as a Halloween watch because I'd want them to be surprised when they find out that it's taking place on Halloween. So it's just you know that's just that's where I'm coming from with this. Because like I said, I was just hit. I was it was like getting hit with bricks. I was like, holy shit! This takes place on Halloween. I'm sold, like I was already sold, but once I see it's on Halloween, I was like done. I'm done, I'm done, this is it. This is one of my favorite things I've ever seen.
0: I mean, he could have done away with us by now if that was his plan. And he lit that fire, that's pretty nice. Yeah. I guess it's possible there's a beast, since there was a talking bird, but. Yeah. (sighs) I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm just like a boat upon a winding river, twisting towards an endless black sea. Uh Further and further, drifting away from where I want to be, who I want to be.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Did you know that if you soak raisin in grape juice, it turns into a
0: grape? It's a rock fact! So that was Over the Garden Wall. Be sure to subscribe, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Haunted Hangover.
1: And if you can rate and review us, that'd be greatly appreciated. And remember, the
0: best cure for a hangover is...
1: More booze. And that's a rock fact.
0: Later, guys.